Hi, I'm Amy, digital editor of Women's Health and girl boss of the Wellness Mindset, and welcome back to my podcast. Each episode, I speak to the women living their best healthy life, but you know that. So from balancing careers with cardio to what's in their self-care kit, keep listening once again for inspiration tips and lols recorded live at Lululemon Regent Street. Thanks for listening to this live episode. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my Wellness Mindset podcast held here at Lululemon. Um, I am so happy tonight to be talking to the lovely Jada Sazza. I met Jada about, I think it was kind of just over a year ago, um, and she just stripped off naked for women's health. Um, And she was, (laughs) it was part of our annual naked issue. It wasn't like weirdly in the office or anything. and she was part of our squad of women that really helped us change the narrative about women's bodies, how we see them and how we talk about them. And from there on in, I've just watched her for the past year from afar and just seen so many amazing things that she's been doing and just thought, yeah, she's a girl after my own heart. And so some of my favourites are the fact that she ran the marathon in her underwear with her pal, Bridie Gordon. And she went on national TV to talk about it in her underwear. Um, she's recently just been part of a brilliant sports bra campaign for Lululemon. It's on their um, Instagram now, and it's just really real, and I love it. Um, and I also am really, really taken with all your work you do around mental health and for women. So that's kind of why I invited her here tonight. Um, before we get into it, is there anything that I've missed off from your like kind of your bio from the past year? that you'd like to share no that's a very generous bio (laughs) thank you so much and thank you guys all for coming down here today I know it's cold out there and it's late and it's dark and all you want to do after work is just go home I know I do but um yeah thank you yes and so oh I'm gonna take my shoes off actually I've just I've just yeah I've decided I'm just gonna get comfy we're here we're here for a little bit so let's do it um so Jada healthy lifestyle yeah how do you kind of approach healthy living? Because I feel like from the outside of like binging on your Instagram that every day is crazy and it's very different. Mm-hmm. So what's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Um, so I think the key to how I live my life is be flexible. There is, I don't stick to like a structure or a routine. Um, and I let myself have that freedom of not putting too much pressure to make sure I fit the mold every day like I'm waking I'm waking up at seven o'clock I'm having my green tea or whatever it is I really just sort of go with the flow I I try to do something that is good for my body good for my mind but some days are crazy and I just don't get to do it like today I was up since six I had a few meetings and then had like an hour to kill and I could have just chilled and maybe I don't know relaxed but I went shopping Um, (laughs) but I I think the hardest times I've found in my life when well, when I put too much pressure on myself to make sure I exercised every day. Um, Even when I was training for the marathon, I had had the app where it tells you how much you should be running and how you should build up your running mileage. And I missed so much of it. And and I still ran it. The thing is, you're still going to be able to get through these days. And it kind of can defeat the object when you are saying right, I need to go and have this healthy breakfast and then I need to get rest at 9 p.m. When sometimes our life just can't, it throws too much at you and you can't juggle everything and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so is there anything 
unhealthy, per se, that you've done today that you'd never share? Um, unhealthy that I did today. I had a cookie, but I mean, <laughs> I, I remember telling my friends I eat chocolate every day. And she said, you do what? And I was like, but I really like chocolate. I mean, once a day is pretty good. I mean, like I'm not eating like loads of it. I just, just once a day. She was like, that's really, you can't do that. And I was like, but you know what? It's fine. It's everything is in moderation. And I recently, I had my best friend's wedding on the weekend and um, we was in Portugal and we, you know, your wedding cake, celebrating, eating loads of great food, drinking lots of, delicious wine like it's not that bad and I came home and the first thing I did was I wanted to go to the gym because I felt like I wanted to reset my body and that's how I see it I think like today I had a yoga session yeah. and yeah eat the cookie yeah. like everything is about moderation I, I mean I don't need to do that same thing every day but I was part I had um I was doing some work and I was in this um cafe that had these really delicious um, cookies. I was like, I'm just going to have one of those guys. They look great. Why not? I'm, I'm a big cookie fan too. <laughs> I'm like definitely more of a cookie fan than a cupcake fan. Okay. So like, what is your choice cookie? Like, are you like a milk... Ben's cookies? Ooh, all of them? Yes, all of them. But yeah. are you like a triple chocolate chip? Are you a double chocolate chip? <laughs> are you a... I'll take them all. I mean, anything <laughs> chocolate, to be honest. Um, chocolate fondant cake, I talk about it very passionately on my Instagram. But um, but the way I, I see it is I enjoy that, but I also enjoy fitness and I yep. enjoy working out and I do it for my mind. The same way I will not put the pressure of not eating a certain thing because then it doesn't have that sort of restriction associated with it. Whereas... The, you know when you ever have you ever gone on one of those diets and you're like I can't eat that I can't eat that. and all you keep doing is thinking about food all the time in your mind and you're like driving yourself mad so I try to not put a taboo or any sort of restrictions so that I, I don't have the need to have it every day yeah yeah has it always been like that in your lifestyle um so like growing up I know that you've spoken about before on other podcasts which I've listened to, um, that your family are a, a big influence on your life. Mm. Um, so has was food always kind of quite a positive thing in your family life or were you around people that were constantly on diets? Mm. Or? Um, I think I was really lucky. I'm, I'm Turkish and Spanish. So they're two massive foodie countries. And the first thing you do when you walk into my house is my mum would just give you like a platter of food and be like, oh boil the kettle, the tea's on. And, and food had that great feeling associated with it that came with great conversations and stories and, and family connection and, and friendship had been built over food. So I was lucky enough to have a really positive association with that. And um, I, I think there was, again, no unhealthy uh, rules or regulations that were ingrained into me growing up with, you shouldn't eat that, you shouldn't do that. If anything, um, my parents encouraged us to... So I swam for five years and they were like, right, how do you want... Is there anything else you want to do? Do you want to run? Do you want to... They would encourage that rather than stop doing something, do more of... Um, and experience, I know, rock climbing, or we'd go away and we'd um, be in Turkey and be riding around on the beach and grab some bikes and stuff. So we had quite an active lifestyle, um, but food was just something that was wonderful to be a part of. It wasn't um, anything that we needed to cut back on. That sounds amazing. And what was your kind of favourite family dish? I'm always interested in this. <laughs> Is there like something which sticks out from your childhood? 
Um, uh, so I put it on my Instagram yesterday. My mum makes this really great thing called a barek, which is like pay, phyllo pastry with feta cheese and like coriander and other parsley. However, she does do a wicked Sunday roast. Oh, you're into a Sunday roast. <laughs> um, but again, it's like I think food has never been a taboo, which I'm really grateful and lucky for, um, because I think that could have I think that contributed to me being quite body confident as a kid yeah. because. I mean, I always felt a little bit different to my peers because I was always, I'm like five foot nine and a half and I was always like a size 16, but really solid. I remember when I was a baby, um, I was like a nine pound baby born and my mum, when they were like showing, the nurses had to demonstrate how to wash the newborns to their mums and they chose me because they were like, oh, she's like a good size and she's like, put me up and they were like, right, got a good one here, let's wash her and like demonstrate how to do it. And my mum was like, you're always like solid baby but it was never a case of you need to like trim down or anything. Um, And so I think that helped growing up because I'd always believed that it was okay to be like me and be like curvier um, and my emphasis and my dad and my mum would place a lot of importance on like what do you enjoy doing what makes you feel happy what um and I talk about this a lot like I really loved art so I would do a lot of um I would spend so long in like the art room after school and just like lose myself in my paintings and my work um or be a part of a sports team and love that whole like team effort and that camaraderie that came with being a part of a group And so it took the pressure off having to like base all of my importance on being perfect and prim and proper because I had, you know, so much more going on in my life than to think about that. And that that kind of took the pressure off, I think, a lot of the time. And how has that translated into now being a model? Because Mm. you are so confident. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're quietly, I think you're definitely very quietly confident. Um, and especially in the fact that you can in front of the camera but also in everyday life so you're stripped off and you ran 26 miles in your underwear that was quite different <laughs> I didn't actually know okay let's go back so yeah, come on Bryony Gordon if you guys know her she's wicked and that whole idea came about because we were in a Lululemon store because they we were so grateful enough to be contact, but contacted by them they took us away on a trip and I walked in here, I was like, my boobs are never going to fit into any of these bras. <laughs> and so Bryony thought the same thing. And we both ended up on the table where the N light bras were. And um, they're wicked, by the way. They really work. Not just because I modeled them last week, but they actually do. And I love them. Um, not spawn. Not spawn. <laughs> not spawn. And um, we both kind of looked at each other and there was one bra left in the biggest size. And I was like, you know what? You can have it. It's fine, girl. You go for it. And she's like, no, 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 you have it. So we had this like, back and forth between her and I. And then um, I was telling her all about the bras I wear. And I'm like, I do a little bit of running. And she was like, oh, I ran a marathon. And I was like, what? Like, that's incredible. She's like a curvy girl. She's bold and beautiful. And and I was shocked that anyone can run a marathon that wasn't like Mo Farah. <laughs> um, and she was like, well, you know, anyone can do it. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Um, and then I Googled it, it was 26.2 miles. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't even really know how far that felt on my feet, like mm. running. I don't know if you guys are runners, but running that distance, running even five miles is is a lot for somebody that's a non-runner. Um, so finally got into sports bras, finally got into the marathon, started training, started running. And then um, 
we just kind of got into this like pattern about how great running is for your mind and how you feel when you're doing it. Um, and that again, just was a great body positive movement. But I mean, going back to modeling, I can go and model with like a team and be in my lingerie and feel great. There's six people there. Being in public, being with the whole of London, as a Londoner, you're like, I hope I don't see anyone. I hope I don't see my neighbor. I hope no one that I know is here. Um, and it's actually really confronting because it's a different setup. You feel safe in it. I felt safe in a studio. People were there, they booked me because they know what they're getting into. Yeah. I don't think the people that showed up at the marathon knew what they were getting into when they saw me and Bryony waddling down the road. Um, I mean, and you're there and you are, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out to be judged. And there was something scary, but also so liberating about it. And the reason we thought let's do an underwear is because sportswear is quite, you know, it sucks you in, you feel confident. It's actually quite complimentary if you've got curves and that's great. But we were like, you know what, this is what our bodies look like. Yeah. And it is the cellulite and it is the rolls and it is, you know, the lumps and bumps that come with it. And why are we hiding that? Like elite athletes run around in tight little shorts and little sports bras. Why can't we do it too? Like, you know, why not? Um, and so that's where that idea came from. And did you, up until the day, were you like, was it a week before that you decided to do it? Or was it like... Yeah, it was like two weeks before, yeah. And then you were like, let's just do it. Yeah. And then the big conversation around chafing came up. Oh. <laughs> because, yeah, you, again, you just don't... I mean, you don't think Chafing it. is bad on marathons, no matter what size you are. Yeah. Like chafe right yeah and then so yeah. did you did you have to do the body glide yeah so we basically explored every single product available to us and everyone anyone that wanted to send us anything we were like yes please send it to us <laughs> we need a whole stock um and found body glide it's like the best thing in the world um areas that you just never thought would rub rub so body glide is your answer to that it definitely is and it's definitely not the pots of vaseline which are people are holding at the side because no. nobody wants a communal pot of vaseline on a marathon <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why people do that <laughs> yeah and also we did um a training day the week before or like two weeks before in ibiza and it was hot and we was like let's go test drive these like new pants that we got given and this bra that we was going to wear that was the best bra for running for so long and um we use Vaseline and oh, it was just like your skin would just get caught and then it would pull. And then I just was left with these red, raw, rubbed thighs and it was horrendous. But yeah. But you still turned up and you ran. And so you obviously said that you wasn't a runner. And then yet within six months, you went from not running to running 26.2 miles. Mm. And getting to that finish line. How, how did you do that journey? I I think I was really lucky because I was really ignorant and didn't know what I was getting into. So I was just like, Bryony said, do you want to do half marathon? Let's do the Royal Parks. She asked me three days before and I said, yes. And I showed up and we did it. And I think I did two runs before that. But again, I didn't know how far 12 miles was. Didn't know how far, it, 12? No, half marathon's like 14, 13. 13. <laughs> um, and I think ignorance is bliss in some cases and saying yes and just doing it and not overthinking it is the best thing you can do for yourself. It's when we start to overthink, like, I've just signed up to do the London Marathon for next year too, because I'm mad. I don't know how that happened. It was in a meeting this morning and I think I didn't have any coffee. I was still asleep. But um, 
I'm even worrying now that I can't do it because I know what I had to do. But if you just go in and push back all those thoughts and just sign up and go with it, you'll be so surprised what you can tolerate, what your body can go through, what your mind can do if you just say yes. Um, and so that half marathon, after saying being asked to do it three days before, then led on to another half marathon with the Royal Parks. And then that led on to the full London. And it's just, you you will just go with the, the motion. And I really, really, what I found was really helpful was doing it with Bryony and having somebody that you're accountable to. Yeah. Because there was mornings that I woke up and thought, if she doesn't text me, I'm not going out either. <laughs> Were you like hiding from your phone? Because I sometimes do yeah. that when you're like, please just don't go off. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just kind of like, it's cold, it's minus one. Do I really, why did the hell did we agree to do this? She was like, right, I'm ready for you. And I'm like, okay, me too. And I'd quickly <laughs> like put my, my leggings on and like put her out of the house. But if she didn't say, let's go... And so I suggest anyone that wants to do it, take a friend on that journey with you because it's, it's, you find out so much about yourself and about each other. And it's one of the best journeys that I think is so much harder if you just say, I'm going to do it. And you just, it's mind over matter in your head. Um, I mean, people that have the mental strength to do that, I really commend because I, I know I couldn't have probably done it on my own. It took a team. <laughs> yeah. Next time I'll be there with you. Hopefully. Thank you. Thank you. Please come. And anyone else that wants to join, yeah. let me know. Um, and I remember from my marathon journey that like it was being so surprised I could run for 60 minutes mm. and then being really surprised. I remember being like the 10 miler. So you suddenly went into double digits and then it was running for two hours. Did you kind of have those milestones on yours? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There was milestones. And what I found really helpful was not having a time. So I didn't try to time how long each one. I kind of had a rough timing just to kind of know that I wasn't going to be out there for 24 hours. But I just, I didn't say, oh, I just did the last five miles in four hours. Now I need to do it in three. I wasn't trying to compete with myself. My whole mantra was just get to the end. And I found that was really helpful because again, you're not putting that extra pressure on yourself. But it's so cool when you get past, like, you've done your first mile and then you do your fifth mile and then you do your tenth and then your 20th mile. You're like, it's, you just have this confidence that no one can take away from you. And I remember the time when I, ha I trained a lot with people. I think I only ever did two runs on my own. And the first run when I had to do it on my own was because um, we had another trainer, Tim. He was ill. So I was like, okay, I have to get this 10 mile in on my own otherwise I'm going to be set back for my training for the week mm. and I remember like one foot out the door and one foot in and thinking can I not do this what if I do something what if I go to the gym and do it? and then you know having that battle in your head with yourself of, should I do it should I not um and also running by yourself for me before was quite scary and and you know having people that were like shout you from cars you know there's dodgy old pervs the, the white van man um also having the right sports bras that would strap everything down so that you did feel confident that everything wasn't flying everywhere getting those the i found the right leggings um there's a pair of lululemon ones that i would like that have a pull string on that i could literally hitch yeah. right under my boobs and they'd stay there for the whole run and those little things just made me feel a lot more confident to go out on alone um and when I had all of those things in place, I was like, look, there's no, you, you've got no excuse. Just yeah. go, take a podcast or what do you want? What will motivate you? And I would call these little things mind hacks. So 
I loved listening to Oprah's um, Super Soul Sunday conversations, which is weird because you think people generally run to this like pumping music so that you get the, the tempo when you're running. But I just remember her conversations with these thought leaders and spiritual thinkers to be really soothing because running can be a really yang kind of exercise mm. and it can be a lot of stress on your body. So I had her voice, which was so soothing in the background that it would calm me down and it wouldn't make me think about all my external surroundings like the men looking at you or the, the people you think everyone's judging you and you think you're going really, really fast, but you're really going really slow and then you get in your own head. And I just remember listening to that podcast thinking, okay, just forget about everything, just go. Go down a road that you like go find a destination that's different that you want to explore, make this an adventure. So every run I went on, I'd have somebody that maybe I wanted to get to know, somebody that I'd want to have a conversation with along this run, or I'd take a different journey so that I could find a different little area near my house that I haven't been to before. Um, so they were some of my great mind hacks. Another one would be bring snacks. Who said you can't eat? <laughs> 10 miles is a long way. What, what were your running snacks? Bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so our fess up here, I once did run to St. John's Bakery and then take the water bottles out of my hydration vest and stuff the donuts in it <laughs> because it was a very long run. I was getting a bit yeah. sad. It made me happy. Sad, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So donuts make me happy on a run. <laughs> I remember I was really judged. Not judged. I mean, he's great. Our trainer, Tim Weeks, he's wicked. But um, I remember when I pulled out my bag to pan of chocolates and he said to me, where did you get those from? And I was like, oh, I packed them for this. And he was, and he was like, okay. Um, because usually, you know, you can have like flapjacks or we have these really cool little jelly things. I was like, I've tried them. They make me feel sick. I don't like it. And they generally did. Um, I did a few runs where I'd have some of those gel packs and they didn't work for me. And that's okay. Get rid of them. Find out what does work for you. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to be a, I was going to say a marathon runner, a Olympian <laughs> I feel, I feel runner. you are a marathon runner. I, I'm not trying to be an Olympian athlete. I just want to try and do the marathon and yeah. see if I can do it. So those things got me through. And I think, again, it's that judgment that we should be doing what everyone else is doing. And actually, you know what? No, just figure out things that work for you and maybe don't tell anyone that you've got croissants in your bag. They're going to judge you. <laughs> And you've actually just touched on something there about figuring out what works for you and what you want in life. Mm. And um, you said that one of, I think you said this today on your Instagram, actually, it's about the way you speak, the way you speak to yourself matters. Mm. Yeah. So um, how do you reframe kind of negative conversations, which, or may, this might not happen to you, but I think a lot of women have negative conversations going around in their head because they feel that they need to fit a certain aesthetic or they need to fit a certain lifestyle, um, especially in health. Like, have you ever experienced that or what do you, what yeah. do, you do? Um, I think naturally being in the fashion industry, even as a plus size model, we are told to be fit, to be um, in proportion and, and all of this jazz. And I remember times I'd walk into my agency and they'd say, oh my God, you look great. What have you been doing? And I hadn't done anything, but I was like, I've been working out so hard. <laughs> and then times where I had been working out and they were like, is everything okay? Everything okay? Like you put on weight and things aren't okay. But um, <laughs> have you, oh, uh, have you like not been working out? And I'd be like, no, I've been doing loads. And again, it's, it's people's perceptions are so skewed. And I just remember thinking, I can't deal with 
with any of that. The, the times when I feel the most comfortable are when I've just been doing what I want because you're only accountable to yourself. When I've been told, okay, you should be working out all the time, I remember it became this um, spiral of like self hate because I didn't get up and didn't do it and then I'm like I can't go and start now because I haven't done it for, I haven't gone to the gym for three days that mm. it's going to be harder now and and you get into this like really bad self-talk and self-narrative so um even recently I came to the conclusion that we don't even listen to the voice in our head a lot of the times it's quite subliminal and subconscious and we just you know you're you're on the tube and you're thinking you're, so many different things but when do we consciously listen to what we're subconsciously saying. Um, and when I started checking myself and thinking, oh, you know, you, when you, you know, you wake up and you look at yourself in the mirror, you're like, oh my God, my bags are terrible because I haven't been sleeping or whatever. Actually stop and say, you know what? That's a sign I need to sleep more. Okay, I'm going to go and sleep more. I'm going to go back into bed. Um, and it, it, I've like been checking myself a lot more lately and realizing that I need to reframe a lot of the things I'm saying, whereas before it just would happen and I'd not really realize how I'm thinking about myself. Um, and it was only until I, might, I said something out loud and my little niece was there. It was about six months ago. And, um, and she's three. And I said, and I, I, don't, I just remember going, oh my God, these don't fit. I look so fat. And she's like, yeah, you're fat. <laughs> and she's three. And I was like, wait, what do, I, I wanted to unpick it. I was like, what does that mean? And why is that bad? And she's like, mm, it's not nice. And I remember putting her in front of the, um, me and my sister sat her down and was like, what does, what does this woman look like in comparison to this? It's like an uh, editorial model with like your average woman. And she's like, oh, that's ugly. That's not nice. Why do you think that? Where did that come from? And it's like these messages that we don't even realize we're saying, even if it's just out loud, even if it's just a flippant comment, it really is it, like kids around us are sponges as, as we all know, but it really kind of is reinforcing how we feel about ourselves, even on a subconscious level. So I've had to check myself a lot of the time because um, I think Oprah made this really great comment about talking to yourself as if you're looking after your inner child and if you've got this inner child in you that you need to look after and protect. And would you say that to your inner child? Would you say that to any child that you look really fat today or you look tired or you need to go fix your hair? Like you wouldn't say that. So why do we say that to ourselves? Um, and I mean, it has, it, it has like these subtle effects that you're like, oh, okay, I need to stop. And do you feel better? Yeah, done it? yeah. yeah, definitely. I think it's because you just realize that you say you can say a lot of negative things to yourself. Yeah. And before you wouldn't realize how that can clock up. Like we don't, how often do we stand in front of the mirror and go, whoa, you're looking great. Like I think after I've got like all, you know, looking great or if you've, I felt like that recently after a really sweaty yoga session um, and realize like those are the things I need to do more of. Mm. No, I totally agree. Like my fiance will literally get dressed and go, "Oh my god, I look so great today," and I'm like, and I just like turned around. In the beginning, I was like, "Oh my god, you're really full of it," but mm. now we've been together three years, and I'm like, actually, I love that. Yeah, I never do that myself, but maybe as women, we should be doing more of that. Definitely, and, definitely. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah, why, why not? not? Why don't we? I think it's um, maybe a little bit of a cultural thing to be um, a little bit more kind of like quiet about how we feel it's like oh if we it's braggy to be confident um, but 
actually it's like reframing that because different cultures don't think like that. It's very British to kind of say, let's um, not talk about ourselves too much. Uh, you know, they say like men are employed from what they can potentially achieve. Women are employed based on their past accolades. Yeah. And it's like, why do we need to keep proving ourselves? But again, it's like playing around with the idea of like what it is to be a woman and like to be a confident woman. And confidence isn't, you know, the whole idea of this beautiful, dainty, thin female. It's changing now. And you obviously made headlines as like plus size model in London at Fashion Week. Mm. Do, you do you still like the term plus size model? Do you relate to that? Because I think actually, like from, from my side, definitely working in editorial, that I feel that some we need to kind of maybe remove those labels because we mm. don't talk about like a normal size or a bigger size. Like, aren't we all just women? But how yeah. do you feel as somebody who has the, has the label? I completely agree with what you said. Um, when I first started, modeling I created a Facebook page that was Jada says a plus size model and I made that point because it was such a taboo yeah. concept and I wanted to keep talking about it and even when people said what do you do I say I'm a plus size model because I think people needed to rewire the way that they saw the term plus size mm. and how actually in the modeling world plus size is a size 14 upwards which is absolutely ridiculous well, isn't the average size in our country is a 16 i yeah. think so. yeah it's a 16 and so for me it was like people would kind of shy away or almost like cringe when you say plus size oh my god you can't be plus size and it was and it's and it for me it was like well actually maybe it's the fashion industry that we need to sort of change and the idea of the plus size section mm -hmm. should just be merged into the mainstream fashion and so I would say plus size only because I really wanted to sort of liberate that term and say that, you know, plus size is like normal size. Yeah. When like I'm, I don't, people assume plus size is this like monstrous, like huge obese thing. And actually, no, it's the way the fashion industry has made it sound and become. Um, and so it's kind of just humanizing that word a little bit more and, and almost kind of, joking at it like we should just drop the term completely yeah. um yeah now i say I'm, I'm i'm just a model but just a model yeah but like women come in all shapes and sizes they definitely do mm. and healthy is definitely an outfit that looks different on everyone and that's yeah, something which i, I like that. which, that's a tweet there you go <laughs> i'll give that one to you thanks <laughs> <laughs> um but through that though it's really helped you um elevate the message um, that actually there should be more diversity within mm -hmm. the industry. But I think you're so eloquent in how you do it. Is that because, do you use your, you've got an MA in psychology, haven't you? God, you're bigging me up way more <laughs> than I am. Have, you've, got, you've, got a, you've got a degree in yeah, psychology. Yeah, no, I, 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 before I got into modeling, I did a master's in child psychotherapy. Yeah. Because I feel like your, all your Instagram captions are very considered. So mm -hmm. sometimes Instagram can feel very much like the wild, wild west. Because mm. um, everyone's a content creator now well, my insta stories are not that eloquent okay. like I, I don't know if you guys follow me but i was very drunk on there the other day um, at my best friend's wedding and um some of them are just like real life stuff like bombarding their room on their first night when i should not have, why did i go in the hotel room wanted cake <laughs> and she gave she opened the door to me i was like why did you open the door to me well, yeah. on the wedding night or the it was before. on the wedding night me and her cousin just went in and was like hey Where's the cake? She's like, oh, it's over there. Do you want some? She like, ate it with us. I was like, this is your wedding night. Anyway, so that's also on my Insta stories. I'm not that eloquent all the time, <laughs> um, but thank you. <laughs> no, but in your captions, you are, I think, and the messages which you put across, do you really think about what you, what you do or is it just because it's just how you are? 
Yeah, no, I do think about what I do. I think when you've got a platform, it's like you do well to do good. That's kind of the, how I've always seen life. Um, and my friend asked me the other day, she said, oh, it was actually a, a part of um, a podcast. She's like, so who's the person you want to be most proud of you? And um, I was like, I want my future kids to be proud of me. I kind of want them to grow up in a world that I would wish I had grown up in. Mm. And so the kind of captions, not all the time, because sometimes... I might post something drunk, but um, <laughs> most of the time I try to be quite considered and sort of shape the world the way I want to see it a little bit. So those captions are what I generally want to tell myself, I think. Yeah. And how do you want, how do you want the world to be in 20 years oh time? Like, well, if you had all the power. As president. Um, oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I just think as women... As, as people, men as well, I think there's so much pressure to look, feel and be and behave a certain way and abide by certain guidelines. And I say, who the hell told us to do that? You know, you travel to Africa and bigger the better. You, you know, and I've tried, like traveling has been the thing I've spent the most money in my life on because I just love, I'm so fascinated and curious by different cultures and the way people do things. And, and it makes me question the things that, the way we are meant to be in this little bubble, this little liberal London bubble, you know, even like being um, a westernized country, the UK, it's not your whole world. And so many like mental health difficulties and illnesses are shaped by trying to be what they want us to be. Mm. People that dictate, people, the fashion houses that are creating these massive campaigns that are showing us we should look a certain way. Um, and I've always questioned that. And I guess I always go back to, does this align with my morals and values? Yeah. Um, it, does this feel right as a human to tell another human that you aren't worthy because of? Um, that always made me question things, I think, and wanted to sort of reshape the way I saw the world. Um, you know, growing up, if you weren't a dainty, whatever size, um, then you weren't as worthy. It's like, that didn't make any sense to me. And I thought, I never want to bring children into a world where you are less of because you didn't look a certain way. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I kind of place more importance on things like education, creativity, just being the best version of yourself, no matter, like finding the thing that you love, that you're great at, that excites you and, and is like your, I also say your savior, because that's the thing that you always gravitate to and that's what's going to give you that self-confidence and self-esteem to do other things in the world. Um, and just being able to like nurture that topic and that subject has always been the thing that's kept me confident, I'd say. Like even recently, I was telling you earlier, yeah. um, I hadn't really done anything for myself in such a long time. Like I didn't really have a hobby. I'd work a lot um, and I'd come home and then I'd watch this is us on Netflix because it's on Amazon Prime because it's brilliant. If you haven't watched it, you should yeah, watch it. We've been bonding over this, this is us. us. Anyone else? This is us. Tears. I feel like I, I'm saying I felt like I went to therapy in church every episode. Um, but after that, you're like, and if you're not scrolling on Instagram, it's like, what else do I do? And I re and I took myself to um, this massive art warehouse and I bought a canvas and I bought some oil paints and I got back into painting. And I remember how lost for hours I could get into art when I was a kid. And it was, there's something so therapeutic about it. And I was like, I could, you know, if your friends bail on you, if the guy that you're seeing doesn't 
you know, ghosts you or whatever. It's like <laughs> all these things that happen, you've got your thing, you've got your art, you've got skateboarding, you've got your, your group, your, your book club that you go to, whatever it is, it's, you've got something. Um, and if it doesn't rely on anyone else, even better, because it's you are just happy with yourself. And it's, I always, I, recently my friend asked me this as well. It's like, who are you in your own company? And sometimes that could be a really scary, confronting thing. Like, who are you when you're on your own? And um, I mean, I've definitely struggled with that sometimes. And I'm like, ah, I feel a bit lonely right now. What the hell's going on here? Um, but when you find those things that you love, it's, you fill those spaces with positive moments um, that aren't reliant upon anyone else. And I think that's so special. Again, it's like building on your self-esteem and self-confidence for you to then go out and be like, this is me, who I am, how I am. And I'm not sorry about it. So, do you also now count running as mm. one of your things that makes you feel good or not? Yeah, no, yeah. I do, I do. <laughs> I hadn't run for so long. It was really ironic. Um, so I ran the marathon Two weeks later, was it about two weeks? No, about two months later, Lululemon had Sweat Life Festival. Yep. And I walk into the festival because I'm giving a talk. I'm on, on my running. phone, answering <laughs> an email. I buckle and I sprain my ankle. Whilst I'm about to give a talk on running the marathon, I can't even walk down some stairs. And I was like, this is so ironic. So, and I hadn't run since. And um, last two weeks ago, I did my first run. And I started off with a 5K and I was really scared. But I was like, I've done it before. Again, this is by saying yes and just starting and you make, you hit those milestones, you realize I can do it. That gave me that confidence to know I can do this. I've done a marathon, of course I could do it. Even though I was sweating, I was panting, I slowed it right down to a point where I was just walking. Um, but I knew I can do it. And it's, and it's that confidence and it's you telling yourself that um, you can do anything. You really can. And it's just saying yes and getting that in your head and going for it again. And, you know, starting is always the hardest part. Um, that's what I found anyway. And you go to yoga quite a lot as well, don't you? Yeah, yoga and running are my two outlets that I love. It's yoga for headspace. Yeah. And I think everyone's got to find their thing because it's so different for everyone. Um, I remember when I was younger, going to the gym was always the thing that everyone did. Uh, at uni, we had an on-site gym. My ex-boyfriend was a gym fanatic and would be like, are you going to come to the gym today and work out? I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and it was boring and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Um, it wasn't for me. Doing weights, again, it, it wasn't... I, was, I didn't, never got into that, like, Scott life. Um, Did you feel just feel a bit lost or you just wasn't interested? Um, no, because, like, like I said, my... my my ex-boyfriend, he was like all into fitness. He was like, I'll write you down a schedule if you want, babe. Um, but <laughs> you were, you were like, like, that is not love. <laughs> I was like, okay. But I just didn't, I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't, I always say I work out for my mind, not for my aesthetic. So mm. I didn't get that. I know it was just personally, I didn't get the same hit that some people get when they're like gains in the mirror. And I'm like, and I just, I never got that. Like everyone wants to see themselves look great. And I, I love it when I see people's, like when they do their transformation things and they feel good, the, the feeling part and the confidence part is the main thing. But for me, what got me back again and again to a yoga session yeah. was the way I felt so chilled and so centered after every hot Bikram class that I went to. Nothing else can make me feel like that. Um, even though I looked the worst I ever, there was no gains in like looking like a hot sweaty mess when I walked out of Fierce Grace and was like sweating and, and took every 
pretty much just had like a baggy t-shirt and some little shorts um was judged so heavily because it was really cold out that day and I was like look, I looked homeless I think but everyone but there's no other feeling that I got that yoga that yoga gave me I'd say and I'm like not a meditative kind of girl like I don't really sit still for very long and meditation I, I struggle with so being in a yoga class and not really allowed to leave because sometimes they can give you the dirtiest looks. But um, I was like, okay, I have to be here and I have to be present and I have to kind of surrender to it. And it, it helped. Yeah, running in yoga. Well, thank you so much to everyone who's come and thank you, Jada. Um, I'm sure that you've witnessed tonight and um, seen that it's Jada's confidence and how she approaches Instagram and how she approaches the conversation around women um, is an amazing one which is happening right now and so thank you very much for being part of thank part you guys all for coming down it's bloody cold out there that. so thank you it's so lovely to see you all thank you for listening I really hope you enjoyed this week's podcast if you did please rate and review on your podcast platform and if you want me to talk to somebody else on here why not drop me a DM at wellness underscore ed on Instagram until next time bye guys <laughs>